Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I am so excited. I, I say that every day. I guess people might get tired of hearing that. I don't know, but... We get to keep talking about Jesus as the Christ. Well, it's better than I am just phoning this one in. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't feeling it today. <laughs> oh, this is a this is a big one. I want to talk about. You know, Peter has just been blessed and praised by the Lord. Hey, as... he got a nickname. <laughs> okay, what was <laughs> that? that? Right? Well, he said, "I'm going to call you Peter." Right. Well, he has he has said that you're Peter. Okay, <laughs> but now he's going to get called a different nickname. <laughs> Yeah, he is. I'm a little, but that's it's fascinating. So let's talk about that. Why don't you read verses 21 through 23? All right. Matthew 16, verse 21, New King James Version. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Peter just got praised. He's the one that steps out in front of the apostles and makes this wonderful confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe the other apostles corresponded with that and followed in Peter's footsteps on that. But but Jesus really sets Peter apart as, hey, you, you've said something good here, and lifts him up and puts him on a pedestal, and then almost immediately, boom, just kicks the legs out from under him, because Peter, uh, he, he now... As close as he got to what what was going on in Jesus' ministry and who Jesus was and why he was here, he's still not quite getting it. Well, can I back up to verse 20 for just a moment? It says, after Peter makes the confession and he's blessed, then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, die. I see here a, a shift that this is about some private instruction for the disciples, for Peter. And they don't understand. They do not understand. If you're the king, if you're the Christ, let's tell the world about it. If you're the king, if you're the Christ, how is it that you could possibly suffer and be killed? You, you're the victor, right? You, you win everything. One of the things about Peter is, I, I see Peter as this guy who feels like everything is a test, and he's going to be the one who passes it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can see where you get some of that. He he does seem to be the outspoken one. Well, he steps up. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Is that the right answer? Is that the right answer? Yes, Peter, that's the right answer. You got that answer from God. And now that Jesus is talking about, I'm going to go into Jerusalem and I'm going to die— it's almost like Peter's like, okay, all right, all right, I'm going to get the right answer again. No, Lord, that can't possibly happen. In Peter's mind, I think he believes he's demonstrating great faith. I believe you're the Messiah. This can't happen. Why are you saying this is going to happen? And so Jesus then just absolutely rebukes him. As far as Jesus is concerned, Peter has just really stepped out of line. I mean, what does he call him? 
He called him Satan. You're the enemy. You're the accuser. Talk about leaven that influences and causes problems. He, he basically puts Peter on par with what Satan had done earlier in the book of Matthew, where he says, if you're the son of God, do these things. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Peter is now, even though he is a faithful disciple, he is actually the one that is the stumbling block for Jesus. He is coming before Jesus as a stumbling block. He said, you offend me. You shouldn't do this, Lord. This this should never happen to you. And of course, all things being equal, he's actually right. Jesus shouldn't I die. I guess that's right. Yeah. Jesus shouldn't die. He is, he is the son of the living God. It should never be that he should die. And so when Peter is saying these things to Jesus, it is appealing to you know what? Here's the way it should be. I shouldn't die. I shouldn't have to die. I have a. I have rights, mm-hmm. and my rights are to sit on the throne beside my Father in heaven. I shouldn't be down here living like one of you guys. I shouldn't be beaten by people who are sinners and are my yeah. creation. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't be nailed to a cross. All of this is appealing to that. It is a temptation, and Peter is the one who is the messenger of this temptation. And Jesus has to tell him, get behind me. In this uh, inside knowledge, well, you know what? I'm just, in this prophecy, we are told in verse 21 that Jesus is now showing his disciples he's going to go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, be killed, and be raised the third day. Here is a prophecy of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. This is gospel proclamation, and Peter doesn't want to hear it. Peter wants to correct him about those things. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand it. It's a shameful, awful thing. I mean, he probably doesn't want to envision the idea that any of this would happen to Jesus. Well, for 2,000 years, we've now heard the message of resurrection and the message of a resurrected Savior. And for our entire lives, in, in our experiences in the Bible and in Christianity, we've, we've heard the message. And, and so now when we go back and read the prophets and the law, we see resurrection there. But Peter, Andrew, James, and John, these guys, they didn't see resurrection. Right, they just right. saw military victory. Right, they right. saw conquering. They, they saw, and if what you're going to have is an earthly kingdom with a Messiah who comes in and reigns in Zion, Jerusalem, all over the entire world, then you don't have death. You don't get beaten on the battlefield. The Messiah, look, everybody else may die, and Peter's mm-hmm. ready to die. Right. You know what? Peter let's, will. Let's, let's go take... Let's go kick the Romans out of mm-hmm, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And if I die in that battle, I die in that battle. But you, you're the king. You're not the one who's going to die. And yet they're missing it. And even though he mentions resurrection, this is the thing that gets me, right. is that it, he, he says, I'm going to die, but I'm going to be raised the third day. They don't stop and say, oh, wait, okay, so you're going to die, but actually that's not going to be death for you. That's not going to be forever for you. You're going to come back. And, and, oh, oh, okay, now they still don't get it as he's saying that. But, I mean, how how could you? Yeah. you know, how could you get it? Until it happens. Yeah. I mean, they're they're coming along. They, they've recognized he is the Son of God. And so, yeah, why would he die? But then this whole being raised thing, it's... It's a foreign idea. Well, we said about Peter, remember last week when Jesus talked about it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out. And Peter says, hey, explain this parable to me. I have to think that Peter is in that same place again. Well, this, okay, so literally what you've just said can't happen. Mm-hmm. So you must be meaning something else. Can you, look, I, okay, I get it. Literally, this isn't going to happen. 
tell me what's really going to happen. What What is it that you mean by this? And as Jesus, no, I mean this. Peter's like, you, no, no, this can't happen. This is not what the Christ is coming into the world to do. And Jesus says, you know what your problem is, Peter? You're thinking like a man. You're not yeah. thinking like God. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that what this shows is that Peter's mind is still quite carnal. It's about an earthly king, evidently. It's about earthly victory. But God, the things of God, Jesus says, are a death and a burial and a resurrection. Isaiah 55, God says, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. Here's here's the thing that I think we should see from this, a very apologetic and evidences kind of thing. This is not the story that men make up. Mm, no way. This no is way. The, the story of God coming into the world and living as one of us, mm-hmm. dying on the cross, mm-hmm. being buried, being resurrected, is not the story men come up with. Not at all. And look, I know that there are people today that try to tell us, oh, yeah, there's there's all kinds of mythologies about dying gods. There is no mythology out there that is about a God who dies as a sacrifice for the sins of his people and is therefore resurrected to be their king. Oh, I get it. You know, the Egyptians had a dying God, and I get it that there there were certainly some some mythologies about a God who died and who was resurrected. I know that. But it is not at all like what we have from the story of Jesus. The reality is the story of Jesus is of an anointed king who is more than a man, who is God in the flesh, who comes in and dies on behalf of his people in order to save them from their sins and give them victory. And there's no other story like that. Paul in 1 Corinthians is going to highlight, look, it's a stumbling block. If I was going to make up something to try to get people to follow me, this is not what I would make up. I would say, too, that this is also rooted in history. Here are people who have written down and testified to their seeing Jesus and being with Jesus, which has a very different flavor than the mythologies of Isis and, uh, you know, Osiris and all those guys in Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, historical testimony is different from making up stories of things we haven't seen. And that's that's exactly what we have with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are historical testimony. And Jesus says to Peter, look, you're not thinking... You're not thinking about this the way God is. What you need to do is listen. You need to listen. I'm telling you this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, amen to that. And one of the apologetic values here is that he does call this shot death burial resurrection on the third day Mm. okay if he doesn't come back from the dead on the third day then then he is not the christ he's a false prophet well that brings us down to the anchor of christianity Mm. and the anchor of christianity is not a feeling Mm -hmm. the anchor of christianity is not you know does it get me through today The anchor of Christianity is not, does it fill a a hole and a need in my heart? The anchor of Christianity is a historic event. If Jesus went to the cross, died, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day, then Christianity is true. If he wasn't, then it's false. And it doesn't matter how good it makes me feel, and it doesn't matter if it makes me comforted for all the miseries of life that I face. It doesn't matter if it helps me get through the day. It's false, and it's useless. Christianity is based on the empty tomb. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Christianity is based on the fact that there was a fella who came up, who claimed to be God, who died and was resurrected. And what a powerful point that is. I can't remember if, if this has just been in other conversations you and I have had, Andrew, or if we've actually brought this up in these conversations. But the the fact is, Jesus is a unique individual in all of world history. Right. The, you know, there are a handful of people throughout history who have claimed to be special chosen ones, who have claimed to be divine. Yeah. There, there yeah. are others who have done that. Yeah. There are also other people who have significantly impacted world history that still have an impact on the world and people follow and remember them. The, the, but Jesus is the only person that's on both of those lists. Mm. Jesus, all the other people who claim to be God, they died and people forgot them. Mm-hmm. The people who have impacted the world other than Jesus, uh, they didn't claim to be God. You know, mm-hmm. Muhammad, who's impacted the world, he didn't claim to be God. He did not. Buddha didn't claim to be God. Correct. Gandhi didn't claim to be God. Mm-hmm. Even Joseph Smith didn't claim to be Correct. God. Correct. So here are people that have impacted the world. They've still got followers, but none of them claim to be God. So when they died, it, it didn't cause you to question that. But when people claim to be God and they die... It causes folks to say, yeah, yeah, you're just a liar. We're going to forget yeah, about you. That's correct. Jesus, however, died, and the largest religion in human history was formed. Mm-hmm. The The mustard seed that grew to be a large right. tree that right. birds nested in. Yeah, yeah. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he started it off with death, burial, and resurrection. Not the ways of men, not the story we would write, but it is the truth, and it was the things of God. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you offered in your Son, Jesus Christ. We are amazed. Our faith is strong and founded upon the rock, but Lord, we are plagued around us by the leaven of this world, of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the agnostics, the atheists, the pluralists, the whatever, whatever term we might want to come up with, this postmodern, post-Christian society that is just evangelizing us right and left, and sometimes we are influenced by that. We pray that you would clean out that leaven, that you would allow us to be influenced only by the leaven of your son Jesus Christ and his kingdom that our faith would grow in him and that we could pass that along to others, that they would see that your son, Jesus Christ, is the son of the living God, that he died for us and takes our sins away and that he is returning and we can be with you forever. Lord God, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. It's through your son that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.